Hello and welcome to another episode of the I Teach Online podcast. This week we have a colleague from the Department of Music at the University of Nottingham, Simon Patterson. Simon will be talking to us about giving voice and agency to his students. Thank you, Simon. Now, I can't pretend that what I'm going to discuss is innovative, but I just wanted to share some of the good practice I've acquired with which to compel constructive feedback. And I like to do this for lots of reasons, to ensure parity of learning and to ensure that students can not only grasp each concept or topic, but also to catch where students have not grasped something from earlier in the module, but may feel reticent to say so. Some of the methods I'll discuss are also about students taking ownership of the module, becoming more significant stakeholders in the process. And once we get students to actually participate, hopefully they can feel that their contribution leads to a communally beneficial experience where we can all assume the humble posture of learning. We'll start with this. Open questions at the beginning of a module. Now, either individually or in small buzz groups, I ask, what is, and then insert the module title. So, for example, I teach a module called Digital Composition. So I'll just ask, what is Digital Composition? Or what does Digital Composition mean to you? And I found this is a really valuable, uh, very simple, but a very valuable icebreaker that can stimulate thinking as much as it can manage student expectations about what is included in the module, what isn't, and what might be uh, from the outset. The next device for compelling student feedback, some of you may have already used this or heard of it, uh, it's called Muddiest Point. Now, I love this, and I know students really like it too. And I simply ask, what has been the muddiest point so far in this module? That is, what topic remains the least clear to you? I hand everyone a small piece of A6 size paper, or as I did during a lecture engagement session on Teams on Monday, I very quickly set up an anonymous Microsoft form and posted the link to that in the chat. For me, it's really important that it's anonymous. I really want to encourage the submission of what some might think are stupid questions or things which I assumed everyone thought were clear. I'll leave the room uh, either in real life or online, and I'll come back and read them out. Now, the responses I get are sometimes really surprising, uh, and that's brilliant. That's proof of how useful this exercise is. And especially if you've been teaching the same module for years, as I have uh, sometimes, it's easy to forget that every cohort is different. You know, one cohort one year might grasp a topic really well, but that doesn't always ring true in subsequent years. And whilst it's a good feeling to get responses that imply everything is clear, everything has been clear, it's, of course, more useful to receive and respond immediately to uh, everyone's feedback. I read everyone's message out, I answer what I can there and then, and if there's a point that's still not been made clearly, and where it's clear that a brief response will not be sufficient, I'll simply have to factor some time into subsequent sessions. It's also a great opportunity to, to ask students to volunteer to try to explain to their peers uh, themselves. So I also follow up a traditional muddiest point exercise by, by asking students what could be done to help clear up the muddy points for them. 
and and that gives them an opportunity to ask for uh, one-to-one tutorials or or for subsequent sessions to to focus on a particular topic again. And another great thing about this is that it elicits responses about the module content rather than the more procedural assessment-related questions that often come up in lectures when you ask if anyone has any questions. Uh, another way of putting this is, what is a question worth asking? Again, that can help me to understand what the students want to get out of a module. On that point of asking students, does anyone have any questions? Switching that question to, what questions do you have? Uh, it does seem to elicit a greater response and more, more useful, more well thought out questions. So I'm going to pick one more because I don't have long in this podcast. And this is what did you learn? So particularly after group led practical workshops, I ask each student individually in front of everyone, what have you learnt in this session? Now, what's good about this is it gets students thinking about what they've learnt. Now, it sounds a, a bit glib, perhaps, but it might not be obvious to them what they've learnt. So this is a useful prompt for me to say, you also learnt this, or it might be something tangible, practical, or something more esoteric or abstract. Uh, but it's a useful conclusion to, to a lesson. Now, my five minutes is definitely up. So uh, to conclude myself, uh, these are just some of the methods that I found useful. We know as teachers how useful formative assessment is for students, uh, but this is a kind of formative assessment for us. It's not about holding students to account. It's about holding us as teachers to account. It gets me thinking about what feedback is and how feedback implies the existence of feed forward. It's a circular process of continual reflection and revision. And it's about giving students agency and helping me to understand what students understand so that before they progress through further topics, there's a stronger foundation of knowledge and skills upon which further concepts can be built. Thank you, Simon. And what a great collection of activities to um, engage our students and to give them the opportunity to provide us with feedback on our teaching and the content of our courses. So thank you again and thank you all the listeners for being with us again this week. Take care.